Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Dave Epstein. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. David, thank you for your time today. Tom, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, David, I was. Uh, I, this is a very interesting topic, and you have a very interesting company, especially in uh, the environment that we've been in in the last year and there. But let me introduce you to the to the audience, and then we'll get into it. Um, first of all, David has a great understanding of business world today, and possesses a great capacity to identify clients' needs with the products and services being offered. He comes from a successful and diverse background in human capital, and he he has the ability to engage decision makers, devise winning strategies and solutions, and provide organizations with a way to fuel the employee growth, not only today, but in the future. I know Dave is an advisor. He's an advisor on the board and a board member to the early stage technology and fintech. Companies uh, do seek out to get Dave as a speaker and a presenter and a lecturer to various universities and firms across the country. David, you're very, very busy and congratulations on your new family. Oh, thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. So David, let's talk a little bit about how you got started in this, uh, this industry. Yeah. And uh, so in all honesty, I grew up outside of, uh, of Atlantic City, New Jersey, which as most people know, it's beaches and casinos. So um, I wanted to get an internship that was going to be in my space and really try to not only motivate me, but try to shape a little bit of my future and make some decisions for me with where I wanted to go. So um, I interned with the casino entity and did a rotational HR program. And I really fell in love with staffing and recruiting and realized that the rest of HR and employee relations just wasn't exactly the direction I wanted to go in. So when I graduated uh, you know, Penn State, I was uh, able to secure a job in IT staffing. And you know, the, the rest is history, as they say. That was about 16 years ago. Boy, you were lucky to find something you, you had a passion for right away. That's pretty good. Absolutely. You've been doing it a long... I mean, I know you're a young guy, so you've been doing this a long time. Um, and, so what do you... Dave, when you you look around, I mean, you you deal with all kinds of business owners all the time, and you can kind of sum up how they're doing, uh, good, bad, and different. What do you think uh, were the things that you did to create the success success that you've had over the years? So I think the the key thing that makes not only myself but also our, our organization successful is that we don't do the things that give recruiting companies a bad name. So many times folks see recruiting companies as just a transactional something that's going to supply them with a person. Um, but that's not successful. 
we need to be partners. We're starting a relationship together and it has to be built on those pillars of trust, communication, and accountability. And you're trusting us uh, to be that first impression for you and to be that conduit to the outside you know, world to supply your company and organization with great candidates. So we need to get to know you. We need to be that voice. We need to convey that culture as well as that culture within the culture of those specific departments so that we're supplying you with wonderful people. And that takes a partnership. That takes communication. That takes proper feedback. And this is also the first impression that every candidate is going to see of your organization and their specific boss and the processes that they follow. So let's make sure the communication is good. Let's make sure the feedback is good. Let's make sure that everything that you do as an organization comes out during this initial phase, because that's what's so important is we're building that solid foundation. And we feel that we do a fantastic job of fostering that environment. You know, you said something kind of really poignant here, and that is that relationship, teamwork, partnership, and the fact that in the past, things have been looked at as transactional and, and not, hey, you know what, I want to build a relationship with this person and this firm for the long run. And that takes time. There's a lot of detail there. And I like the fact that you understand that very well. And obviously, that drives your success to build that relationship. Well, I, I it's not just, and it's that, but it's also... You know, you've been a part, and I'm sure all of the listeners have been a part of many relationships where sometimes, like just from the get-go, man, I just I just love this person, or it just clicks, or it's just someone that you really enjoy being around. And that's what we want to have and foster. So, yes, of course, building over time, just like any you know, great relationship is, um, and having great experiences and learning from some of the not great experiences, but also be able to just have those warm and fuzzies at the beginning of the relationship that, hey, this is going to be fun and this is going to be successful too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of it is not always, uh, you know, you're in business to do business, and that's great. But there's a, there's a part of what you do in life that needs to have some fun to it, and the pat and, and bring out the passion, which obviously you have in what you do. So that's kind of a really good thing to do. And I, you know, we stress that with a lot of employers that you need to have people that are having fun in the culture you're creating. What concerns you the most about being in your own business? Um, so as far as, I mean, in, in our own business, I mean, there's not so, so much that concerns me. I just feel like there's certain things that we need to make sure that we're doing as best as possible and that we're doing things the right way. Because as I said, there's a lot of preconceived notions about staffing companies. You know, they're very transactional. They um, don't really care necessarily about the candidate. They don't give proper feedback. Um, people are just a number because they have to satisfy some absurd metric or KPI. We've made intelligent staffing different. We don't have metrics and KPIs. Okay, um, We have, let's work with folks where we create good relationships and partnerships with our candidates as well. And we get to know them. We get to find out what they're doing outside of work. We get to find out you know, what they enjoy and how they want their work-life balance to be. Just like we find out and talk about the job requirement and those non-negotiables in the culture and you know, what personalities blend well with that specific manager, we ask the same thing on the candidate side. So we want to make sure that it's a perfect fit and we're not just saying, yeah, hey, your resume looks just like this job description. Let's give it a go. You know, and we spend way more time than the average company really getting to know both sides. Um, and, uh, and that leads to our success. You know, it's interesting. Uh, yesterday or the day before I read uh, 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 
someone put out there. I think I think it was Meredith Bell. She's a communication person and sells software to companies about communication. But she, the article said 54% of the people that did not go back to work um, through this COVID deal basically said the reason was they finally realized they were not being appreciated and there wasn't a relationship. And I said, wow, in this day and age of what you're just talking about, how you run your culture, it's so there's so much information out, out there about building relationships, but yet 54% of the people not going back are telling you, I did not feel appreciated by what I was doing. Isn't that something? And that, and that is, that is true. And that is amazing. And it's uh and that's only going up. And um, the one interesting stat, which is, you know, came out about a year and a half ago, is that the person graduating right now, by the time they're 30, you know, say eight to nine years of working experience, they're going to have 4.2 jobs. Why? Not because they're a job hopper, but because they might be a fast riser. So they go from, you know, this to a lead, to a supervisor, to a manager, and maybe it's with different companies. And also, as you said, there's not too, too much loyalty on either side because not too, too much has changed um, as a result. And it's a shame that this had to happen, but a lot of times that's how the world works. Something has to cause a massive change or a massive shift in mindset, in personality, in culture, um, in the way things are done. And COVID has really done that. Um, you know, and people are valuing different things. They're valuing their freedom. They're valuing the remote. They're valuing the, hey, trust me to get the job done and I'll do it. And if I don't do it well, then bust my chops, you know? So um, COVID has really shifted the world of work. Um, and some people think to the positive, some people think to the negative, but regardless, um, there's a massive shift taking place. And you know, it's a very big candidate driven market because companies are doing whatever they feel that they need to in order to get the best possible talent. And if you're not doing that, or you're not shifting, or you're not being a little bit flexible, then you're not going to be able to attract the best talent. And that's just plain and simple. It leads me to this question. And as I was thinking, looking at this question, I said, talk about a change in your business uh, arrangement this past year and a half has been an immediate change. But my question is, um, what what are the the things that you have to stay up on the key issues in your business that allow you to grow? So the key thing, I mean, so people, 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 um, you know, and people are going to lead and bring any organization to success, or it's going to bring and lead any organization, you know, to failure or not getting to where they ultimately can and should be. So you need to make sure that you're doing the right thing and setting your people up for success with a plan that they can follow, but letting them add their own spice and flair to it, but just make sure it still comes out and it tastes good. So that's the key. It's in, and it's also empowering your your folks. Um, it's also about um, you know being able to you know attract the right people, but more importantly, retain them and build that relationship and nurture that relationship you know with your folks and have them not be a number because when you have them just be a number, that's what creates the non loyalty. But when you have folks in there that take care of the people and the culture and the process and making sure that the folks are enjoying their work. Not only are you going to bring your retention down very, very low, but you're going to see your productivity skyrocket as a result also. You know, when we talk about this type of thing in business, I like to bring up Costco and Trader Joe's. My son works at Trader Joe's and I know the culture. 
they all love to be there and culture starts from the beginning. And you just said something that was interesting. I, I think what you really said was, hey, you know what? Everybody's different. Do it the way you feel comfortable to get to get the job done. But here's what we need to get done. Be your own individual self. Uh, I think that is great rather than trying to fit in a box. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that creates just great culture. People have more fun doing things. You know, I mean, you're a fun guy. It's <laughs> top, right. So um, that's interesting. Hey, Dave, what is your process or procedure when you start working with business owners? So whether it's a business owner, manager, VP, somebody in a corporate type of organization, the process, like I keep saying, it's relationships. We're establishing a partnership. My first time that I meet somebody, I don't even talk business. That's not important. People want to work with folks who they know, who they like and enjoy, and who they trust. And that doesn't come overnight. Okay. You see so many people out there that just go for the jugular, go for the business, go for that. That's those people are not successful. That's transactional. Again, that's what gives staffing firms and salespeople in general a bad name. Okay. I don't, gen- I mean, I generally don't even ask to work with folks. We have conversations and before you know it, they say, Hey, you know what? Everything sounds, <coughs> excuse me. Everything sounds great. What can we do to maybe, you know, work together? And I don't even have to ask why, because we're able to develop such a great rapport. We enjoy chatting with each other. We know that each other are going to be able to bring good things to the partnership and their relationship. And we know that we'll be able to be successful with, with each other because we'll communicate we'll learn and we'll get to where we need to do uh, and be to have a fruitful partnership and relationship. And um, that's the key to us. Yeah. uh, Spoken very well because uh, coming from the industry that I was in and have been and still am over 51 years, transition, transactional things were the, the thing and you never built a relationship. And you know, person, I always felt uh, you had to build a relationship. I, I put that in my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, that you you need to really enjoy the people you're with and really want to help them. But it's got to be natural uh, and a very natural transaction. And, and that's the way you sound like you work with. I know you enjoy talking to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so when you do this, David, what the value to the business owner, your services, they obviously want to know what is the value working with you, David? Can you you go through that with us? So I think there's a lot of different ways to describe value. Um, If you're talking purely monetarily, um, the stat that's generally out there is every day that a job goes unfilled, you lose roughly $786 a day in lost productivity. Now that could come from somebody being burnt out and not putting in as much time or burnt out and maybe missing a key detail or um, breaking the bank by paying lots of overtime or having to say no to a project because you don't have the man or women power. So there's the value there. So how are we going to quote unquote stop that gap and make sure that there's the right person, not just the person, but the right person in the right seat at the right time, taking a quote, you know, from good to great and having the right seat on the bus. So that's value monetarily. Um, as far as value that we bring on so many other things, um, I think I probably had spoken, you know, on some of that already, and I don't want to, you know, uh, kind of speak too much on the same thing, but we are your voice. So we're going to really get to know you so we can best be that conduit for you. And 
we're we're really good at what we do as far as not only finding the people that you're looking for because you know we want to be that executive chef so we really get to know our client partners that we work with and get to know their taste buds their allergies what their favorite meal was really get to know them and then be able to go out after they've in essence, kind of like put in that order and find that perfect person based upon the skill set, the personality, the culture, you know, the non-negotiables, all of that. Um, and then the, in order to make the magic happen, we have to have that same process on the candidate side. And, and when you, you know, I know I realize you're building this relationship and, and making it better and better and better and doing it differently. Now, in the in the eyes of the uh, you I'm sorry in the eyes of the business owner do they see you being unique or what makes you unique unique to them and through their eyes so they I without fail the vast majority of the folks that we speak with they will always tell us wow like you guys are different or wow you guys are asking great questions because another thing that in all honesty like I've been involved in a lot of different staffing companies and sometimes people have some type of job creation sheet or whatever. But again, it's very transactional. Our job creation, what we call our GIF, our job information form, has some phenomenal pieces of information that we get from our client partners and our managers and the folks that we work with to then best bring to our recruiters to set those recruiters up for success so they know what they're looking for. We ask about three to five non-negotiables where, hey, I don't care if this person is the Michael Jordan of, you know, of what we're looking for here. If they don't have these three or five things, we're not going to send them. You know, what are three to five questions that you would ask this individual if they were in front of you right now? What are the answers that you want to hear? You know, uh, bring us these answers so that when we supply these individuals to you, we'll give you those questions. We'll give you the answers that they said, because it's about saving you time effort, efficiency, you know, all of the above. So we want to make sure that we're doing all of that for you. Okay. Um, and then again, we also get to really know the culture. Um, we get to know your interview process, the time that you're really looking for, um, you know, what companies maybe you've had success pulling people from, what companies you haven't, um, you know, all of those types of things. Um, so again, information, communication, uh, and that's what's going to lead to success. People, um, the, the art of communication is like you had mentioned is asking the right questions uh not just any questions but the right ones um i see a lot of advisors doing more talking than asking so so it's <laughs> nice that your 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 framework is to ask questions and listen um and i think people appreciate that very very much um you talk about the three pillars that that need to happen to see success can you discuss that with us? So as yeah, so as far as the three pillars in order to you know see success, the key the key there is communication, um, trust, and accountability. You know, like I said, you know, the key to a successful partnership and a successful relationship to me is the same regardless of what that relationship or what that partnership is. So we've chatted about the fact that we really communicate and make sure that we're on the right path there. Um, we've chatted about the fact that. We need to trust each other. You know, we, I mean, we have to, I mean, like we're doing things here, you guys are doing thing, you know, the client, you know, our client partners are doing things there and that trust is so important. And then third, the accountability side, you know, I mean, people are entrusting us to bring great individuals to great organizations and they need to hold us accountable for that. And same thing, we have to hold our client partners accountable for once we bring 
great folks to them that, you know, we get communication back and it's in a timely manner. And the process is such where the first impression is always great. The process that's being followed can kind of convey into the personality and culture of the company. And that first impression, as well as those first couple, you know, dates or interviews really give people those warm and fuzzies that that specific candidate wants to now go into a relationship with that specific client, you know, and hope that it lasts forever. Um, and I know you keep hearing those same words over and over and over again, but that's really the key. Um, and throughout my 15 plus years in staffing recruiting, um, you do those three things, everything else takes care of itself. Yeah, that's the quality of um, uh, of the result. Um, people, sometimes people think activity is very important, but there has to be quality uh, in in the process and having communication and trust uh, with people builds that relationship. You know, what are you seeing that is different today from one year, three, five years ago? Um, so I think the first thing that you could that most people think of is what the last two years has has brought, which is the quote unquote COVID world and um, and people are kind of looking at the things that maybe aren't on the surface. So how are companies responding to this? Is it quickly? Are they adapting? Are they listening to their staff? Are they stuck in their ways? Are they stagnant? Are they not you know, doing the norm or whatever the new norm happens to be? And staff members and, and employees, they're watching all of this to see, hey, like how are my company or my organization or how are other companies and organizations doing it? You know, and do I want to be a part of the current company that I'm with or not? And there's a reason that they're calling it the great resignation out there, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, people are, there's that loyalty factor, but I think that might even be the wrong word. There's not that buy-in factor anymore. You know, there's, there's, and people are working to have fun when they're there, make money and enjoy the time when they're not there. And especially being that there's a lot of remote model right now. Sure. People enjoy who they work with but they're not getting together with them too often after work. They're not going to certain happy hours or corporate events or different things like that because of where the world is going right now. And I think things are changing um, in that uh, in that regard. Um, and then if you look, you know, five years ago, it was very much a, what I would call a client or, or a company, you know, driven, you know, driven market. Um, so just like things change and the economy changes and the real estate market changes, you know, it, it always also changes on the job front where sometimes it's driven by the candidate and sometimes it's driven by the, by the company. But in these times, you probably see a, a lot of um, volatile uh, norms, things that at one time were very normal, but now they keep changing. That's got to be pretty challenging for you. Uh, so it, it is, but you know, just like you know, you've heard the you know, not going to you know, curse on the air, but uh, we also say staffing happens, you know, because that's that's what it is. I mean, you know, you're dealing with you know emotions and human beings and and people. You know, you're not dealing with a, a piece of software or a service or a product. You know, these are human beings. You know, so things are going to change. Life events are going to happen. Things are going to happen in the world that are going to impact certain things and. 
if you don't, you know, kind of have what I call that quarterback memory, which is, hey, you know, what just happened over this last 10 seconds? You know, like, you know, what did we do? All right. You know, realize what happened, what went well, what went wrong, then spend 10 seconds kind of like bringing your your brain back to reality and then spend those 20 seconds rallying yourself, rallying the troops and then figuring out what the next play you're doing. Because if you're spending too much time, things are passing you by to or from. You know, so realize what's happening, you know, adjust, be nimble. And uh, and that's what we're seeing a lot of companies out there do. And those are the ones that are the most successful. And those are the ones that are the most attractive um, to candidates out there right now. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because we uh, as we've discussed, you and I have discussed, it sounds like you also become a coach to the business owner to differentiate themselves a bit. Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, and and I think same thing that goes into just being a good uh, you know a good partner. I mean, we we're constantly out there talking to most likely somebody's competitor or somebody that does something very similar, you know, to them or seeing market information or reading about things. So, we're constantly seeing and hearing from every single angle that you could possibly imagine. Um, you know, now of course, we don't say names, we don't say companies, we don't do this, we don't do that, but what a lot of companies are doing, other companies are doing too. So it's not like this stuff are really like, you know, secrets, but there's information that's out there. So yes, to your point, we are that coach, we are that partner. Um, and but the other thing about us is that when you're going to a partnership and relationship with us, we're not just going to like other companies tell you what you want, you know, what you want to hear. We're going to tell you and do what you need to hear. Okay. We're going to tell you if you're, um, if you're not close to what the market rate is on compensation, I'm going to tell you point blank, if your benefits and your PTO aren't up to snuff, and that might be a hindrance to you because our job is not to blow smoke. It's not to sugarcoat things. It's to be that partner for you. And if you're holding us accountable for doing what we need to do, then we need to make sure that you guys are, and you folks are set up for success and that you are as attractive as you possibly can be. Um, and sure, you might want to be, but you might not be able to do it. So what can we do together and how can we best put our foot forward so that we're able to be the best that we possibly can be now and into the future? You know, um, in my book, I talk about how I coach business owners in their planning. And I found when I took the head of the table and invited all the other advisors that they work with in to talk about the owner's problems, uh, because all the other people were doing their own thing with the owner and nobody had a track record of what the other person from the accountant, the lawyer, that kind of thing. And that was very much of a coaching element, uh, which differentiated me from everybody else, all other advisors. You've done the same thing. And I uh, actually have to, as you were explaining that, Dave, you actually take the, the role of a coach because, uh, you know, business, people are running their business. They got their hands all over stuff. They don't have the time to learn what you know, you know, like the hidden secrets. And it takes someone like you to coach them and kind of say, you know what? You know, you might have thought it's coming this way or doing it that way, but here's the reality of it. You need to do it this way. That's very refreshing. And I think they probably really appreciate it, don't they? Uh, they they really do. And um, and nine, and to your point, nine times out of 10, they'll take the information and they probably will do things a little bit, you know, differently because at your point, they might just not have thought of that or they might not have had somebody, you know, 
to have the bluntness and the candidness to actually tell them that. Um, and, um, and to your point, those are the best types of relationships and partnerships, because again, just like any relationship and partnership, you want to be able to talk things out and figure out why something might not be working to the best that it possibly can. Um, and there's always three sides to a relationship. There's, you know, there's the, our client, you know, and our client partner, and then there's us as intelligent staffing, but then there's the relationship that we have in the middle. And no matter what, we have to make sure that we're doing what's best for the relationship in the middle first, and then that'll take care of each other on the other sides. The, um, the critical staff member, you refer to that term. Can you explain? What, I, I think I know what it is, but I, I just want to sure. ask. Yeah. So what I mean by critical, you know, staff member is really the person that you're trying to bring into an organization, whether it's because you're growing and you have a need or someone left or maybe a company terminated somebody, that's a critical need. I mean, most companies don't have openings where they're just like, yeah, sure, if we hire this person, okay. You know, most of them are because they're feeling, you know, a, a pain right now of not having that critical staff member. Um, and, you know, to what I was saying before, to be able to say yes to a project because they don't have somebody that has that skill set or they can't bid on a certain project because they don't have somebody that has, you know, this specific, you know, license or something like that. Or um, they're trying to grow and this uh, individual needs to hire their right hand man or woman, you know, to kind of take on, you know, 50% of the hats that they were wearing so that they can grow the other part of the organization. So more often than not, it's always that critical need um, that that organization or that company has um, that is critical for them at that moment in time. The, um, what, are, what are some of the communication issues that you see employers and employees having that's number one. And then what employees and employees are having. And what I mean by that is communication is such an important element in creating culture and people enjoying what they're doing. And I wonder when you go into a situation building a relationship with an employer, that if you see some kind of weak area in communication, do you bring that up and discuss that with them? Uh, so yes, again, I'm not a, I'm not afraid to say anything because I only want what's best for both parties. So yes, I will be the first one to say that or mention that. Um, I'll also be you know the you know the first person to tell them if um, certain feedback, like just like we'll provide feedback um, to candidates because we need to give them the blunt, dead honesty so that they can learn and grow, whether it's good or bad. We also provide that same feedback to our client partners. Um, you know whether it's about Hey, you know, uh, maybe the, that manager was 20 minutes late for the interview, or um, you know, the manager seen this, or the manager seen that, or they didn't seem very interested, or whatever. Because we want that organization to learn and to grow, and to also be able to, you know, have great interviews and convey a great, you know, first, second, or third impression, and to have that manager be part of the process. So it's not. Tally, you know, it's not you know telling on somebody. It's not doing anything other than we only want what's best, and we need to be able to convey information and feedback, you know, to all parties in order for that to happen. What I like about our discussions, Dave, um, is I like the breadth of depthness that you go into with the relationship rather than surface level transactional. I mean, you said that right in the beginning. So as we've been talking, I see you going deeper and deeper with the relationship 
with your client in areas that maybe you're not a specialist with, but you're very much have experience with. And, and that's refreshing to see that, that they're not just a number that they're built, you're building. In other words, you've taken the time to learn things that a lot of people in your business have not done because they don't care. So that's right. kind of a nice thing. Thank you. My last question to you, Dave, is what, what would you say to a business owner if they said, Dave, how do I build a solid, man, a solid management team? First and foremost, you need to be you know, open and approachable because the only thing that is going to get an owner organ, or an organization to where they want to go is one thing, and it's their people. So um, especially building a good management and the people that, quote unquote, have a spot at the table, you need to make sure that these people are, you know, feel comfortable approaching the leader and bringing information and bringing, you know, what they know from the outside, because that's why you're bringing them in, because maybe it's not a strength of the current owner or manager, which is okay. Not everybody's great at everything, you know, so you need to make sure that you're surrounding people, excuse me, you're surrounding yourself and your organization and your leadership team, um, you know, to be set up for success. So number one, make sure that people, you know, feel comfortable approaching you with anything good, bad, ugly, happy, sad, as a, as I like to call it. Um, number two, make sure that they feel valued. So when they do bring that information to you, you don't just, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know, hear it and listen to it, but you actually sometimes, and maybe more often than not put that things into play. Um, number three is admit that, that you were wrong and that you don't know everything and, and that's okay, you know, be humble. Um, and I think that if you do those three things, um, you're going to be able to foster a really great environment, um, as well as convey that and feel that, uh, when you're interviewing these folks to bring them onto your team. Great advice. Uh, you could be a business coach, Dave, you've, uh, You've created this uh, knowledge uh, that's much deeper than many people in your field, which makes you stand out. And what I really like what I've been hearing is your empathy and relationship to your client as a human being and a business owner with a lot of respect. Um, and Dave, uh, I, I got to tell you, you, did a great job here. We learned a lot. We're running out of time. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we end and or anything you would like to have uh, people um, go to your website and get or anything of that nature? And I appreciate that. And, and uh, I know Tom, you'll be able to supply my information to the folks, but our website, it's Intelligent Staffing Company. Dot com. Um, my individual email address is D as in David Epstein, E-P-S-T-E-I-N at intelligentstaffingcompany.com. Uh, I would love to chat with anybody, anything that I could possibly do to help. Um, I would absolutely love to, whether it's any questions, um, information, uh, follow-up that maybe, you know, some folks, you know, hear that they're listening. Um, and uh, again, you know, communication, 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 um, be approachable and um, kind of leave it with this, you know, what we learned when we were in kindergarten, which is do the right thing. So as long as you're doing the right thing, everything and itself will just work out. As a, as a, a father of five kids, I would say your parents did a good job raising you, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I'll let them know that. 
Yeah, you please do. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thank you for taking the time, David. You did a great job, and this is going to get out there, and I will have all the contact information on the sum- summary notes. And um, thank you, David. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.